again, I want to say welcome this morning. Good to see you all. Good to be with you all this morning. We're taking a break from being changed by grace. We're still working. We're in the process of being changed by grace. But we're stopping today to talk with a little focus on missions. Specifically, our work camp trips that we've taken. Over the 12 years that I've been here at Redeemer, uh, they were happening well before I got here. But just to talk about why it's important as a church for us not just to be people that, that give, but people to do. And we're going to talk about that today. Just in a little bit of focus, I'm going to speak. I'm going to have a couple of testimonies coming up from people that have been on work, on work camp trips with us recently and let them kind of share with you their experiences so that you can see some of what happens when we ourselves go out and share the good news of Christ and connect them with the love and life of Him. Let's pray. Gracious God, be with us as we continue this time of worship. Enter this place, fill this place, Lord. We will love to have you be with us in this place. So as we turn our attention to you, we ask that you bless this opportunity that we have this morning. We do thank you for everything you do, and it's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Oh, the places you'll go. If I say that, some of you start to recognize right away where I want to take this. If you see a graphic on top of your worship folder, you know where we're going with this. Jesus said in Matthew 28, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. From Dr. Seuss, Congratulations, today is your day. You're off to great places, you're off and away. Theodore Geisel is a great, in my opinion, is a great American writer of books that most of us have read at one time or another. If you aren't a fan of Dr. Seuss, then I apologize because today is going to be very Seussical. I was trying to think about some of the books that I've read over time that have inspired the mind, jump my senses, make me feel sly. And I know whether you're a Cat in the Hat fan, a Lorax fan, or maybe you're just a Grinch, you are taken for a ride that is unlike any other. I still enjoy opening up Green Eggs and Ham and reading along with my fam. I, no, no, I won't do it. I, I, it just, it just happens that way. Um, the adventure, the places in his book, Oh, the Places Will Go, mesmerize our mind with quotes and quotes many. Uh, one of my favorites is, you have brains in your head, you have feet in, in your shoes, you can steer yourself in any direction you choose. You're on your own and you know what you know and you are the guy who will decide where to go. We're the guys that'll decide where to go. Guys being plural, meaning guys, girls, we decide where we go. And if we want to match up with what Jesus said, then we have to remember what he said to us in Matthew 28, where he said, go, and he said, make. He said, go, make. He said, baptize. He said, teach. And that's where we need to tie ourselves to and go. Where can we do these things? Now, as a church, Redeemer does wonderful things. And I'm thinking about the food pantry, the various mission projects that we do on a monthly, it seems, basic. 
uh, basis. We tackle them. Operation Christmas Child, which will soon be blessing International Justice Mission. And that list goes on and on and on and on. But one of the things that I want to bring attention to is there's two types of ministry that we're aware of. In my training that I've learned from the Vital Church Initiative Project, which we've been working with many churches in our, in our denomination here in the state of Michigan, um, one of the things that I've learned is that there are two types of ministry. There's, when we're dealing with mission, there's transactional ministry and there's relational ministry. And transactional ministry is that part where we go in and we just throw stuff at it. We throw money at it. We throw objects at it, and it goes, but we never see the fruits of where, what that does. So we, we're good at that at Redeemer. And I want you to understand that these work, they, they work, they work together to make a really good uh, ministry opportunity. But you have these transactional ministries where we just give money to blankets, where we you know, donate bottled water for whatever, we, whatever those things are that we're doing. But relational ministry is different. When, we're, we're, when we start to engage in mission with other people, that's where relational ministry kicks in. And so maybe some of you have served uh, 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 maybe at a homeless shelter. Maybe you've served at a soup kitchen. Some of you have served on mission trips uh, around the world. Here at home, I get to see the food pantry volunteers on a weekly basis bless the people that come to use our facility here on Tuesday mornings. I see the relationships that are being built as, as our volunteers are pushing carts of groceries out for people in need and talking to them, getting to know their name, getting to know their story. That is relational ministry. Now, we've been taking short-term mission trips here at Redeemer for a number of years. Uh, I personally have led uh, our annual work camp trip for, for 12 years now. And today we're lucky to be able to have a couple of testimonies for, from a couple of people that were in Rio Paredes, Puerto Rico with us last summer. So I want to start this morning with introducing you to Kerrigan Brown. Kerrigan Brown is a 10th grader at DeWitt High School. And what Kerrigan's going to come up and do is share a little bit about her experiences on her work camp trip. Welcome, Kerrigan. to experience many different things. Some of the things we did in Puerto Rico was we painted a church, we fixed a roof, and we painted a lot of walls. One of the houses that we went to, we originally went there to paint two rooms sooner rather than later. We were painting the hallway and then some more doors. And it just, we painted a lot more than we came to paint, but it was still a lot of fun. Um, the people we helped were very kind and they were very thankful for us helping. Um, they would feed us lunch in one of the houses that we went to. Um, his name was Orlando, and he fed us lunch, and he fed us a lot of food, and it was a lot of new food, but it was very good. Um, on the way to Puerto Rico, my sister Grace, Kelsey, and I were very nervous about the food, but it was very good. Even though we ate like rice and chicken every day for lunch and dinner, it was still very good. Um, for the week, we stayed in a church. Um, there was another church from Florida that were there to help the kids in Puerto Rico. Um, the church was super nice and they were very kind. Um, after dinner, um, the nights we 
got into like small groups. And we would talk about our day and what we did and what we experienced. And it was a ton of fun. One of the days after dinner, we went to San Juan and got to go out by the beach and got to pray and sing. And that was a ton of fun. And I got very close to God that day. Um, it was super fun. And I got to go super close to God and to the people at Redeemer and to um, the people in San Juan. And I'm very glad that I got to go on this mission. And I'm glad I could share my experience with all of you guys. Thank you. Next up is an, uh, a work camp original. Um, he, he, may have, he may have started the whole process. Uh, he's been, he was doing work camp before I got here. Uh, 12 years we've been doing it. Uh, we've shared them all. Uh, a story from work camp that you may need to know if you want to know of how Larry became my dad. Um, stop and I'll tell you the story. He is a mentor and a wonderful follower of Christ, Larry Olson. Okay, got it. <laughs> Good to see you all. Uh, how many have ever taken a spiritual survey? Spiritual gifts survey? Yeah, almost everybody. Mine was service. If you look at this first picture on the screen here, you'll see a whole bunch of us from uh, Redeemer who have that same gift of service. We get to go to work camp every year. I've been to at least 18 with over, I'm sure, 200 people from work camp or from Redeemer going to work camps. Every year is a challenge. Every year I say, is this old body too old to do this anymore? Yep. Uh, can I, do I have enough skills to master the job we're gonna be given? Because you never know what you're gonna do until you get there, get on site, and all of a sudden they'll give you a job to do. So, oh, okay. Or am I gonna be able to relate to the youth who, heck, I'm older and they're grandpas. You know, can I still relate to them at all? So there's a challenge every year it's also very rewarding to do it. And every year I come back, I'm so blessed and so glad that I jumped out of my boat, walked on the water, tried something a little bit different. It's a great experience. Um, I want to talk about three things today. First is service, okay? We do a lot of service on these projects. Second thing will be teaching. Third thing will be witnessing, so service. Um, one of the places we went several years ago in eastern Tennessee, may have been Kentucky, one of those regions down there. A lady lived by herself in a modular home on the side of a mountain. So the mountain was up like this. They flattened off a spot. They set her trailer, modular home, in there. We were asked, I had a group of five kids and myself, youth and myself. We were asked to paint uh, the outside, the trim, put up eave troughs. We got that done. Last day, she asked us if we could put up a uh, screen door on her back, back of the house, sure. So she had a screen door. I'm sure I could have got that job done four hours sooner by myself. But the project was to train kids on how to use tools, how to do projects, and get it done properly. So we put this screen door on. After we got it on, I asked her, you know, why, why did you want it? I'm just thinking, oh, ventilation in the house. She said, no. She says, I have a problem all the time every year. Snakes from the mountainside come down and go into her house. And she wanted this screen door to keep the snakes out. Man, I couldn't live like that in no way. That is rewarding, I tell you. That was something that was really good. Uh, or, or the next slide here. Uh, building a house in Haiti. Uh, a couple years ago, 
we went down, we built a house for a, a family of five in Haiti. Uh, three little uh, girls in that house, uh, husband and wife. I don't see the family here, but we still donate and help support that family. We went back the following year and made some little bit additions and corrections to the house, tried to keep more water out. But here's a, is it 10 by 12? Something like that, 12 by 15 shack. There was a partition in it, so there's two rooms in it, dirt floor, and that's where they live. Keeps the water out, they live uh, like that through the storms, rainstorms, hurricanes, and, and everything. Um, or another house, uh, this was in uh, Puerto Rico. You see up in the upper left-hand corner there, there is a tin shack in the background there. That's where a large family lives. I'm, I think there are nine people in, in that tin shack. Uh, we, we were asked to help build that house. So when we got on site, there was a foundation already there, cement blocks. The foundation on one end was pretty level. The other end was, had about a three-foot fall in it. So we had to do some fill before we put concrete, concrete in. And I, I told the guys, that I think we're going to need three truckloads. So we did. We got a truckload of rock. We put those rocks into five-gallon buckets, carried them over to the foundation, poured them in, we just kept doing this till we got all that five yards of rock put in the fill. Then we got another five yards of gravel and uh, moved that bucket by bucket and filled in that site. Then we got another five yards of sand and smoothed the site out. Then we unloaded a truckload of uh, cement and then another truckload of building block, cinder block. And we mixed cement on the ground, which I'd never done before. So left-hand corner down there, lower left-hand corner, on the ground, using shovels and hole, mixing up cement. Then we took that cement, put it in the five-gallon buckets, carry that over to the floor. No, no, I'm sorry, we got smart there. Then we formed a human chain. We passed the five-gallon buckets down the line uh, and empties back, building that, and we finally got that floor done. At the end of the week, we had a house almost done. Uh, we ran out of time, we couldn't finish it, but so satisfying to see a house now for a family, a solid house, a large family can live in and uh, be out of the weather. And that was really rewarding for us to do. Or uh, in uh, Memphis. So in Memphis, we were asked to build a pergola. Uh, and we built this uh, kind of from scratch, built this little facility there. Uh, really rewarding to do. It's for a, there's a home for... Uh, uh, some ladies there, and they wanted this for a place to get together uh, outside of the house, enjoy the outdoors, and Ron will tell you more about this a little bit later. Got that done again, extremely rewarding. The list goes on and on and on for what we were able to do there as far as service, never knowing what you're going to do, but always excited and happy about the, the happiness, the uh, gratitude of the people that uh, we worked for. Um, teaching was another thing we did, uh, a lot of teaching. Uh, when you hammer nail in, you go like this. Our generation, we knew how to do things. We were kind of taught to think how to work, fix things. Next generation and the next generation really haven't had that instruction yet. So our job as adults is to do some teaching there. So you, know, you get that nail started, then you hit it and drive it. You don't just so tap, 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 tap. Uh, but never done it before, you don't know. Or using a screwdriver, a flat-bladed screwdriver versus a Phillips screwdriver, or maybe a saw, electric saw, ooh, that's dangerous, or a drill, which they never used before, or builder square to make square cuts, things that never had experience doing before. A lot of things that uh, were really fun. 
uh, for them to learn to, learn to do. Uh, another one would be, uh, let's see, I think I'm a little bit behind you, maybe, but using a power washer. Uh, how many have used a power washer before? Uh, not a lot of us, but uh, yeah, two or three, okay. Uh, people use power washers down there. Some of our people did. made a, a driveway look brand new again. But you also learn that, yeah, if you spray the wooden fence, it kind of tears the fence up. Or if you spray your own leg, it hurts. <laughs> they learn by experience uh, how to handle some power tools. Uh, here's one where we're doing some teaching with fixing a grate, security grate, and painting. Uh, we painted over the years hundreds of gallons, of, used hundreds of gallons of paint in I don't know how many different rooms just to make the places look better for people. Uh, okay, the next one, yeah, repairing a stool. Okay, no kids had done that before. So uh, some of our kids got to learn how to tear up a stool and put down a new stool and it didn't leak and it worked. So that was really great too. And then uh, uh, the other one there, uh, a few of you are in the room here, uh, crawled underneath a building. We were in Mount Carmel in Hazard County, Tennessee, no, Hazard County, Kentucky. We've gone back several years to this place. There's a, a library there. Crawled underneath the library in the pitch dark, very little space, hands and knees, bellies, to pull electrical wire, to put plumbing down, and put some air conditioning ducts down. So that was an experience for some of our youth and our adults. And one of the exciting things about that was somebody turned on their flashlight and there's some green eyes looking at them. What was he? I don't think he ever did find out what those green eyes were. <laughs> there was something different, though. But all this took a lot of patience on our part, a lot of teaching, a lot of uh, training, uh, repeated effort. But the kids were very thankful and appreciative of the time we took and the uh, skills that they learned uh, while we were doing that. Witnessing was something that happened everywhere we went. Uh, it was amazing that when we visited and worked on houses, we explained that we were from Redeemer, we're a youth group, we came to help them. People just couldn't believe that we would take time from our busy schedules to come to their place to help them do projects they could not do. They just couldn't believe it, but we said, no, that's what Jesus taught us to do. So we were able to do that and share the love of Christ with them. Uh, one of the places we went uh, in Memphis again, we held vacation Bible school uh, for a week for the kids that lived there. Um, another, another place where we were in Haiti, we actually went to church with the locals there. And I'm telling you, that church was nothing like this church. Uh, when it rained, it rained inside. You sat on wooden benches, it were nothing like these, this. But the service was lively, lots of singing, and a lot longer than we endure here. <laughs> Rod. <laughs> uh, and then... Uh, the, remember the lady with the snakes coming down? We invited her to come to our lunchtime devotion every day, and she was with us every day during devotion time, sharing with us, praying with us. She was more of a witness to us than we were to her. It was just so fulfilling to be able to serve her as well. So I think summary, summary probably the best thing about work camp is getting to know other adults, other youth from this church, and learn of the quality of people we have here. We have some fabulous youth. I'm not afraid of all of our future because we got some, some youth that are really strong leaders that are going to really serve this country well in the future. We need to be proud of them as well.
Yeah, you know, you run into so many memories. Uh, one of my favorite memories from last summer is, is Kelsey Westcott. She's a senior at DeWitt High School. Kelsey came home after, ex after working extremely hard all week long, carrying buckets of concrete uh, up steps and doing all kinds of crazy things. But when she came home and she got a chance to talk to her dad, she told him if he ever wanted to do anything in the backyard, she knew how to float concrete. <laughs> I'd like my 17-year-old to tell me that. Ah, oh, that's great. Uh, Redeemer's work camp is coming again next year. We're going to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, it's a chance for us to go a little further east than we've ever been and to bless people in Pittsburgh that we've never had the chance to be with before. Uh, one of the things that I'm excited about is being able to share with you the, diff you know, the different languages, the different cultures that we've experienced uh, in our work camp adventures, uh, definitely the different locations. What I wanted to do today, though, with our short time, is to share with you seven reasons why I think it's important that Redeemer does work camp. I think it's good for us to understand why we do work camp. Now, I know attending is not for anyone, and that's when we get into the transactional versus relational ministry. Serving, going, and doing the work is not for anyone, uh, for everyone, but if you're willing to support the trip with fi finances or with prayer or with moral support, we appreciate all of those because they really appre we appreciate that because when we're down there, we feel it and we know it's with us. So in, in that case, you're just as much a part of the team as, as we are with the boots on the ground. But here's why. Here's why I think it's important that we serve in mission like work camp. The first reason why is you connect with and support the global and local church. And I've heard it said more than on one occasion at the Global Leadership Summit that the local church is the hope of the world. And I believe that to be true because we carry in us the real hope, the real only hope. We carry that with us in the truth uh, of the Spirit. And, and we know that truth. And John said it to us in his gospel. He said that the truth will set us free. And that hope that we have is Jesus. And he set us free in having that relationship with him means that we're going to be able to go to wherever he calls, whether it's local or, or, or serving on a global scale. It's not going to make a difference uh, because there is so much need everywhere, and we all know this, but we just try to leave an impression that Christ loves them when we're there, connecting them with that love and life of Christ. The second, the second reason why is because it can broaden our spiritual horizons. Kerrigan talked about being able to get closer to God, getting deeper in with him. And I think uh, the chance for us to get deeper with Christ is extremely important. Serving others, getting out of our comfort zone a little bit shapes us and it molds our character. I, th I think it molds our character immensely in Christ. It challenges us to speak more boldly about, about his gospel and, and serve with abandon. And while on work camp trips, we worship in different ways. We do it through prayer, through meeting, through serving. It's truly a place to grow deeper with Christ. The third reason is to experience a new worldview or gain a new perspective. One of the most widespread ways that, that work camp helps us in this way is it shapes and changes our worldview, realizing that God is king of the world. He's not just king of the USA. He's not just king of DeWitt. That he is absolutely everywhere we go. And I believe that that is an absolutely necessary part of growing spiritually. 
I can't begin to tell you the beauty that I've seen in these new places that I've been. And I think it's good for us to experience new colors, uh, new cultures, to be able to go to church with Haitians and to see that worship. Amazing. It changes your whole perspective. And Jesus told us that we would go to the end of the earth to do this stuff, and that's what we should, we should do because that's his plan. Possibly the favorite for me is to meet new people. Four is meet new people and make friendships. The friendships that have been formed on these trips from years past are so valuable to me. Whether it's the students that have actually went from Redeemer or, or, or their friends uh, who I get to know better or the people that we meet at the locations who serve us. It's so awesome to go and serve alongside a community of believers and local staff members, and they surprise you. One of the greatest things that's happened out of this, uh, this, this uh, Puerto Rico trip was Kerrigan talked about the talk-in after, after the time she got to meet with other kids. I am still in, in a text group with, with the youth pastor of the church in Florida that we were on in Puerto Rico with and one of his workers. We all had ailing parents when we were on that trip. So we would send weekly updates and pray for each other. That still continues today. Two of the, two of the three have lost that parent, but we're still praying for the third one and praying for, the, praying for families. It's amazing these friendships that you build over these years. Five, we make an impact that lasts. And here's the thing about short-term mission trips. They often get a bad rap that they do more harm than good because you, you're in there for a one-week and you're done trip. And we work hard at Redeemer to actively avoid that from happening. We try our absolute best to leave a place better than when we arrived. One of the things that Larry talked about was the pergola or mini pavilion that was built. Um, I got a call this week from Robin Parks, who's one of the directors down there in Memphis. And she talked about this community of St. Valou where these, where these women of the streets are taken to be rehabilitated and get jobs and to turn their lives around with Christ. And, and she told me about her experience with a group of women that are now holding a group of recovered women are now holding a Bible study under that pergola on a weekly basis. And to see the, to hear her voice and how much that meant to her to have that group at that, at that house just made a huge pounding uh, in my heart. Larry talked about Mount Carmel, and we've been go we went there for a few years as a work camp team, and we've had a group of volunteers, adult volunteers, that have kept going back. Larry said five years that we've continued because of the relationship that was built with that school. We try to make an impact that will last for them. We want to help them so that they see that they're not alone for the other 51 year weeks when we're, there, when we're not there. And being alongside local leadership, encouraging, we support them so that they have a little fuel to add to their spiritual flames for the rest of the year. Six is we follow the Great Commission. I read this at the beginning for you. Jesus commands us to go into all the world, starting at home and moving toward the ends of the earth. Now, work camp is an excellent way to get a group of people together with a common goal to make an impact and expand the kingdom of God. And if you get into the student center and you look back at the top from inside, you can see the places where we've been. And the thing is, we're not done yet. 
And lastly, you can share the gospel. And that's probably the most important thing that we get to do on these trips and the most important reason why we as a church should be doing what we do, sharing the gospel. We have to share the gospel with the nations to tell people from far and wide about the saving grace of Jesus Christ. That's the part of work camp and the part of Redeemer that I appreciate so much as we say that we connect people with the love and life of Jesus Christ. Our ability to share the good news with everyone we meet and everyone we serve. J.D. Greer, uh, the pastor of Summit Church in Durham, North Carolina, says in his book, Gaining by, Law, Gaining by Losing, the question is no longer if we are called only where and how. The call to follow him is the call to be sent and to send. Oh, the places we will go, friends. You can join us if you would on a trip. You can go wherever you would go. Keep doing, keep doing the things you are doing. If you're not doing, then do. Serve the Lord with gladness. Let him take you where you want to go. I promise you it will be a good day, and it surely will not snow. <laughs> In the book, Oh, the Places You, you Will Go, this line ends us today. Kid, you'll move mountains. Today is your day. Your mountain is waiting, so get on your way. Let's pray. Loving God, who showed us through his son to do what we could in two commands, he told us to love others as ourselves, but to love God more with everything we have. So in doing that, Lord, help us to see that mission is important, that ministry is important, and that we need to continue to do the best practices that we can. We thank you for the ability to do work camp as this church, and we continue to ask that your blessing upon all the trips that move forward both, both here and wherever people from Redeemer go. We do love you, Jesus, and it's in your name we pray. Amen.